and she's doing some stuff. It's Janet Jackson, and it's a shame that when she was Penny, it was the height of her acting career. <laughs> Janet Jackson cursing isn't as entertaining as you think. After the first couple of times, it's just off-putting. Like those people who let their children curse because they think it's cute. Janet Jackson cursing is off-putting. Hello, hello. Welcome once again to another stop on the Michelle Mission. Two men, one podcast, every black film ever made. I'm your host, Vincent Williams, joined as always by my partner. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And tonight, as we continue our films during it, are we calling this the month of love? Sure, there you go. The month of love. That'll work. We are going to spend some time with John Singleton's 1993 sophomore effort, Poetic Justice. Yes, sir. But before we do that, you know. Oh, yes. Before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, we do have, as usual, a little bit of feedback that we want to go over with you. Thank you to each and every one of you that uh, emails us at Mission at gmail.com or hits us up on Twitter and Facebook at Mission. Um, on Twitter, in response to our review last week of Just Right. Yes. Uh, our review, which uh, featured... Summer Willow Fitch. Yeah. Um, at Daryl Daryl uh, said, laughed his butt off at why are they making Common Read? <laughs> <laughs> it is a shame, though. You know, I was listening to that review. We, we went a little hard on Common. We went a little hard on Common as an actor in Just Right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Because I just saw Common in um, John Wick 2. Another film that in you, because if you'll notice, I had a lot of disclaimers. Like, there's a lot of Common stuff. I just, I just haven't seen it. Okay. So was he good in John Wick 2? He's not bad. I mean, okay. I mean, he's still Common. He's still stone-faced Common. I... I his face must be full of, I don't know, Botox, because his face does not change right, right. emotionally. But he was good enough, and, you know, this was an action movie. Yes. Um, so he really is supposed to be like that, you know, that staunch, uh, stoic look throughout yes. the film. You know, to match Keanu Reeves. Yes. Who, who also... Who, who has never, one of, never been one of America's great thespians. But they both performed the action pieces pretty good well Keanu Reeves is a is a pretty good action hero for the most part he made a few films where he knew kung fu that you may or may not have heard of I've heard of them so I haven't seen them right, right um right. but it, are you serious I didn't want to see them you've never seen the matrix no I saw the matrix okay I didn't okay. count that as this kung fu movie okay okay that's actually a line from the matrix so I would thought you were saying you did, had never seen the matrix which oh. You know. No, I've seen The Matrix. I've okay. seen Matrix 2 and 3. All right. Um, but I know he did some like straighter, straighter kung fu. Right, 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 right. I, I just wasn't interested. There's no reason to. Um, but Common. Common. He, he, holds, he holds his ground. Holds his ground. In, the, in this film. You know, as it is. You know, I mean, hey, man. It's, it's not fences. So anyway. Uh, we also heard from Derek Hines at, at Paul McDarkney. On, okay. um, on Twitter and he said that he could listen to Summer talk all day hey man she's a good talker yeah um, <laughs> not touching that one Vincent Len y'all crack me up I agree with Vince about Tupac though not 
EPMD. Hey, look again. This is this this is an old fight. This is an old fight. It is. It is. In regards to EPMD, as a matter of fact, Summer took to Instagram. All right. And posted the uh, EPMD track, uh, Get the Bozak. Yes. And directed it towards me. Yes, she did. Amen. Dedicated this track specifically to the Donald for being a chump and to Vince of Michelle Mission for not considering this or any EPMD album to be dope. Get the Bozak, Vince. I mean... Eric Sermon and PMD definitely commanded and deserve recognition as one of the best groups to bless hip-hop. Period. They all right. <laughs> they all right. I mean, you know... <laughs> I ain't say they sucked. I said they's all right. They more than all right. Hey, man, again, getting line. <laughs> I had a hot top fade when I started this fight. <laughs> at at uh, Terry Jingles, at Terry Jingles on Twitter, hit us up and said, um, can't wait for our review of Poetic Justice. Okay. But those Tupac comments last week, though, oh, boy, talk about a can of worms. Mm. Side note, yes, you guys should review Gridlocked, black director, writer, two black leads, and Tupac's best performance. I don't think I even remember that Tupac was in Gridlocked. If I'd have known that, I would have seen it before now. I don't remember having two... Two black leads, though. Okay. I thought that was a, a white guy that was in that movie with him. Um, but I could be wrong. Okay. God knows I've been wrong before. Um, but he he's saying that we should, uh, you know, review Gridlocked from 1997. Yeah, that's what I thought. It, it's, uh, it stars Tim Roth. Right, right. And, and um, Tupac. Yeah, Why I, do I not remember Tupac in this at all? Yeah, I remember that. Okay, I do remember. all right. It was directed by Vondi Curtis Hall. I, 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 do, I knew that. And I think this movie either came out right before or right after, after he, died. he died. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess, I, well, considering that it was di- written and directed by Vondi Curtis Hall and starring Tupac. Yeah, yeah. It probably there you go. Will, you know, fall in our wheelhouse. And we will check it out in due time, Terry. In due time. Just for you. Just to make you happy, Terry. Anything for Terry. Because Terry's cool as hell. There you go. Um, we also, I want to thank each and every one of you who um, went on to iTunes. Yes. And left us a review. That is the best thing you can do to help us because, because of the way that, first of all, in the world of podcasting, iTunes is the... It, that's the thing that I advertisers look at. Right. They look at how you're doing on iTunes, how much you're noticed on iTunes. Um, and, and the more people go in and give us ratings or reviews, the actually the better that helps us because it moves us that much higher in, um, in front of iTunes eyes. And then they start promoting us out there a little bit right, more. Right. So right. Like even if we don't have like a whole ton of people downloading the show, but if we got like, 80 reviews looks great. That means for maybe only 80 people listening to the show, every one of them felt moved to give us a review. Exactly. They're a passionate group of people. And they appreciate that. Right. And and we do appreciate the reviews that we received over the last uh, couple of weeks Um, from Peaches. Excellent show. Five-star review. I am a big supporter and promote the show on Twitter. You guys are a great team and my favorite movie podcast show. One love, one love, Hotep. Keep up the great work. Oh, thank you. Thank Thank you you so much. Appreciate that. Damon Ray. What's up, Damon? Damon Ray Ritchie. He said, great podcast. Five-star review. Thank you. This is a really great podcast. If you enjoy black movies, this is the podcast for you. The two hosts are very good. They are very smart. They also have some really cool guests. They break down a movie like no one else does. Their views are interesting and informative. I've seen a few really good movies I have never heard of because of this podcast. That's it right there. Do yourself there. a favor Fantastic. and listen to it. Thank you. Thank you. That's, that's, that's the compliment I love to hear the most. Yeah, me too. Um, and Noble Vessel. Uh, hit us up and said, yo, five-star review. All right. I like them five stars. Hey, man, it's better than a four-star. Five-star review. 
A good, funny, and insightful movie review show. The shows with the mystics are classic. Hey, yes, indeed. Uh, they love the mystics. Who doesn't? I know. Uh, we had hoped to have the Mystics back for uh, our Valentine's Day show. Unfortunately, they are both out and doing what actors do. Right. They're working. We missed the Mystics. You like that, right? What? I've kept that in the chamber. <laughs> I've been waiting to pull that out. Yeah. yeah. Feel free to <laughs> drop it back in your holster, dog. Um. Yeah, we would hope to get them on here, but they're they're actually both working. They had birthday celebrations hey, in January, hey. and now they are both working on top secret projects. Um, and I know Dorian is will soon be returning for the second season of uh, Animal Kingdom on TNT. It's my favorite kind of black actor, working. a working one. Amen. So you know, amen. So I'm not mad at them, but they have promised us that they will be getting with us. Um, as soon as they can, as soon as they can find a hole in their schedule. Okay. So we can get, have them both on the shelf. Fair enough. I actually have been um, emailing back and forth with Dorian about that. So Fair enough. We will be making that happen. Yes. Okay. All right. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you've waited long enough. Indeed. It is time now for our review. Yes. Of 1993's Poetic Justice. Listen to what the critics are saying about the new film from the creator of Boys in the Hood. Poetic Justice is a moving, riveting, truthful love story for our time. Two thumbs up, say Siskel and Ebert. Janet Jackson is captivating in a stunning performance. Nobody, but nobody can make it out here alone. Poetic Justice, rated R, at theaters now. Tupac Shakur, Poetic Justice, from the creator of Boys in the Hood. 1993's Poetic Justice, directed by John Singleton. It was his follow-up to Boys in the Hood, mm-hmm. starring Tupac Shakur, alongside uh, the aforementioned Janet Jackson, who played the title character Justice. You had two uh, really strong supporting roles, strong as in they were present. For the vast majority of the film, it was almost like a four lead film. Joe Torrey, mm-hmm. as comedian, George co- comedian Joe Torrey as um, Chicago, and the great Regina King. I don't know if we're we'll talk about whether or not she's a great Regina King in this, but the great Regina King as Aisha, mm-hmm. and the four of them go on basically a road trip from South Central LA to Oakland to deliver some mail. And throughout this trip, they discover things about one another. They discover things about black culture. They laugh. They cry. So on and so forth. Poetic justice. So, Lynn, this is your film. What do you have to say about poetic justice? When I saw this movie back in 1993, this was like the height of Janet Jacksonism. Mm-hmm. Um, she had released Rhythm Nation I think about four years before. That was like late 80s. Yeah, that sounds about right. Like 89, Mm -hmm. something like that. And Rhythm Nation was the album, even though she had had a couple of albums before then, Rhythm Nation was the album that just exploded Janet Jackson into the limelight. Right. And, and, And made her a superstar on par with her brother. Yes, uh, at, at least you could speak of them in the same breath. Yes. Yeah. Um, curiously, though, before Rhythm Nation in 89, Janet Jackson's biggest claim to fame outside of being one of the Jacksons from that heralded family was as an actress. Yes, I think uh, that's fair. Um, you know, from her historic role as Penny in Good Times in yes. the 70s. Um Going forward to where she played uh, Todd Bridges' girlfriend. Yes, yes, yes. On Different Strokes. Charlene. Yes. Yeah. And it was on Different Strokes where I I think that's when I kind of like fell in love with Janet uh, Of Jackson. course you did. 
and fell in love with the name Charlene. You are a man of a certain age. Yes, yes, I was, and I was. She was right there, like, like, ooh. Nia Long was on the bench. Yes, but before the coach put her in, it was Janet. It was Janet, perhaps Kim Fields. I was never a big. Kim you were more of a Janet person. A Janet oh, person. hey man, oh, absolutely. I was a Janet. Absolutely. Not knocking Kim Fields. Not at all. I didn't. I didn't begin to um, uh, appreciate uh, Kim Fields' certain je ne sais quoi, as un- it were, until Living Single. Right. Right. And then I was like, ooh. Can I just say this something real funny and then let you go? You know, I I mixed up Janet Jackson and Kim Fields for years. Really? Because when Janet Jackson was on Good Times, mm-hmm. her um, biological mother was played. played by Chip Fields. That's right. Who was Kim Fields' actual mother? Very true. So that short circuited my brain for years when I, I was a kid. That. So I go ahead. I just wanted. So anyway, so then in 1993. You have her, I, I can't say winning the role in Poetic Justice because John Singleton, at least from everything that I've read. Complete complete filmography. She was on fame for like a year. Oh, that's right. Yeah, All right, I go ahead. That. Yeah, but I didn't watch it. All right. I heard she was on fame. And I looked at an episode and said, oh, she looks nice. And then I turned because I, sure. I couldn't deal with it. Um, so she did not win the role. No, no, she this, did not. Uh, John Singleton basically gave this role mm-hmm. to her. Um, and it coincided also with the release of Janet, her mm-hmm. follow-up to Rhythm Nation, which was an album that was strategically made in a way to where Rhythm Nation played her up as this big dance icon mm-hmm. and kind of played on her sexuality a little bit. But for the most part, it was just like sexy dancing. Mm-hmm. Janet, the album right. Janet, was the album that was pressed to move her more into the adult fair. Right. And to really, you know, show her blossoming as her own woman in control of her own quote unquote sexuality. Right. Her starring in the movie Poetic Justice, which will allow her to show a different side that she had shown acting wise, because she'd always been basically the good girl. Yes. Yeah, and acting wise. So she was going to show a totally different side, try to um, to become this character of justice in this movie, mm-hmm. who is a poet, who is someone that is um, having trouble dealing with uh, a lot of grief that she's had to deal with in her life, starting with the loss of her grandmother and then her her alcoholic mother. Um, and then right at the start of the movie, the movie opens essentially with the murder of her boyfriend, yes. played by uh, her boyfriend Markel, yes. played by Q-Tip. Yes, right in the murder, it's like literally right in front of her face. Yes, um, so she's got a lot of grief that she, she has to deal with, uh, and you see her, you see this character carrying this grief all throughout this movie, and and it showing its signs in her dealings with everyone, including the people that work at her at work at the hair salon where she works, her best friends, as well as um her um one on ones with Tupac, who was a local mailman who's uh finds her attractive and kinda wants to get with her. I mean, you know. You know, nineteen ninety three Janet. You know, you know, a lot of people would want to get with, with Janet. This this movie also presents presents along with giving her the opportunity to show a different you know stretch her acting chops present a different side of janet janet's got the the look of the quote-unquote streets Mm. with her box braids Mm -hmm. and um you know cut off you know midriff shirts Mm. and you know the uh the high-waisted jeans you know high-waisted true but still definitely fitting enough to show off her figure. Yes. Um in this movie. And it's it all plays as, you know, a very calculated move for Janet put together by John Singleton and her representatives to give her the best light. Also surround her with a strong actress, Regina King. Yes. Because even at this at this 
stage, young in her career, Regina King, is you can see the chops that Regina oh, yeah. has. Oh, yeah. Um, in this in this film and in pretty much everything that she does. Mm-hmm. And the whole time you're watching this movie and you're realizing that it's, a, you know, you realize that the strategy that is being put forth in front of you, you cannot help but think, wow, this needs to be somebody else. Yeah. This needs to be, like the whole time I'm watching this movie, I'm watching Janet Jackson in this film, I think me and everyone else in the movie theater that I, when I was watching it, when I was watching it again today, yeah. and every time you see this movie, every time you watch it, you say, why isn't Jada Pinkett playing this role? Or, 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 or Regina King. Or Regina King. Like just, like just push Janet like two feet and let Regina King play the role. Let her blossom. Yeah. Because um, the movie itself, written directed by John Singleton. Mm-hmm. His sophomore movie, as we pointed out. Boys in the Hood was strictly in his wheelhouse. It was gritty. It was the streets. It was it was the it was the guy it was a guy's film. Mm-hmm. This movie, he tries to play it both ways. He tries to do a little bit of an, an urban romance. Right, right. In this move in this movie. And I don't think his 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 directorial hand is as deft with that type of film. No, um, because it it falls flat. One with the dialogue, which for an urban romance, the dialogue is just way too harsh. Yes, um, in its misogyny and its um, its vulgarity and its cursing. I'm not nothing against any of that. I'm all I'm I'm for that. I'm I'm cool with you know cursing and and all that type of stuff if it fits the film if it just right. fits what you're doing, I, and if it sounds right coming out of the actors delivering the lines. And it doesn't sound right coming out of, well, let's put it this way. We'll, we'll get deeper into Tupac in a little bit, but Tupac he can flip a curse word yes. with the best of them. Hey man. And it and it sounds good coming out of his mouth. Joe Torrey is a comedian. Yes. So Joe Torrey is as a comedian, you know, as an actor, he's a good comedian. Yes. So he can deliver a good line, which means he can g- g- deliver a, a good F word or, you know, S bomb. And Regina King, as we've just stated, is actually an actor, which so means she can, that she, she can, can act. Spit whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Janet Jackson <laughs> Janet Jackson don't never need to curse. She don't ne- I mean she I feel bad saying that, but it's just true. She doesn't ever need to curse and she really doesn't need as much as I, I do love Janet Jackson. You know, I did love Janet Jackson at that time. She's not a good actress. She's not a good actress. She is very bad in this film. And for this film to be basically a starring vehicle for her because the the movie the, you know Tupac was a name at this time right he I mean he was probably just building up his name but he was definitively a name he was st- he had just come off of Juice I was about to say it's after Juice so yeah, you so, know eyes so, were on him so, so the eyes were on him as his albums Pardon were the out pun. there he was yeah. doing he was doing things with um his albums was out there he, he he was he was in the world if his star wasn't at its at its peak, it was damn near right at this time, and yet the movie poster is solely Janet Jackson. This is to be Janet Jackson. This is to coincide for making 1993 the year of Janet. I mean, Jackson. it's called Poetic Justice. It's actually like she's actually like, the title right. character. She's the title character of yeah. the film. Yeah, and so that means that she has to carry this film, and she is. And I think that is a little too much. For, to ask it, it's too much and 1993 Janet Jackson is beautiful and this is why this is important like she's actually a, a beautiful young woman there are moments in this film where she's not talking and there are two moments in particular there's one moment where she's listening to a Stevie Wonder song mm, and it shows yes. her in the mirror kind of making faces and then there's another moment at the end where the camera just rests on her smiling. Right. And you kind of understand the instinct of putting her in front of a camera. Because visually, 
I think the camera loves her. Once she opens her mouth, though, she's at least, I mean, you know, I don't know how many different ways we can say it. She's not a good actress. And not only is she not a good actress, she's not believable in this role. Not at all. Like, it looks like she's playing dress up. And ultimately. Yeah, Yeah, she looks like she's doing cosplay. And ultimately, like I do with all of this stuff, I begin and end with the director. Which now, you know, the job, you know. It's, it's funny a few weeks ago we were, we were talking about soul food and I kind of gave my Michael Jackson Prince theory and, and you know thing about Michael Jackson's is that you know these people make use this form and then when imitators come you realize how good the originator is mm-hmm. because of the imitator we talked about soul food and we, we talked about you know even something like waiting to excel yeah. we, you know said love Jones best and all of these and in my mind John Singleton was always an example of it not of his not being Michael Jackson. Like we talk about John Singleton, we talk about Boys in the Hood. And through hindsight and with all of the examples of the South Central, you know, Bloods, Crips, LA gang movies. Okay. Boys in the Hood is okay. But I don't think many people would argue that Menace to Society is the best one of these films. Okay. Is that, I mean, you know, when you talk about the great quote unquote West Coast hood films. Yeah. It's Menace. Yeah. Boys in the Hood was first. Menace is best. And I think John Singleton, when you look at his filmography, he is an okay director. Boys in the Hood, good solid film. Many of us had never seen nothing like this before, so it hit really, really hard because we had never seen nothing like this before. But right. in retrospect, it's a bunch of these movies that you know I think are just as good as Boys in the Hood. Poetic Justice, we're talking about that right now. Higher learning, if you put a gun to my head, I couldn't really tell you anything about higher learning. I saw it, forgot it immediately. Yeah. Rosewood, all I really remember about Rosewood is that it was very abrupt tonal shifts. Mm -hmm. Uh, Baby Boy is the most unintentionally hilarious film I've ever seen in my life. That's a bad one. And, you know, a lot of that is just because of the acting and this, that, and the other. And, you know... And I, and I do not mean this as a backhanded diss at all. It's going to sound like it is, but I really do mean this as what I'm saying. Very early on, we talked about the fact that he directed one of the Fast and Furious films. Yeah. It actually was. He directed Too Fast, Too Furious. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing John Singleton-esque about Fast and Furious because the John Singleton-esque is the location. He does South Central stuff. And I think John Singleton is a very solid journeyman director. Like, I think John Singleton is a dude that you would let direct a franchise. Like, not the big one. I mean, not the big film in the franchise. But, like, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Okay. Uh, you know, say, like the fourth film. You know, like the fourth film where, again, you're not the originator, but... You're not going to kill the franchise. So where do you think his failings is in this film? I Minded, think, but being mindful, I, I think his only is his second. I film. think his reach exceeded his exceeded his grasp. And I never really know how that saying works. I don't know if the grasp out exceeds your reach or the reach out, ex, you know, exceeds your grasp. But whichever one it is, I think that's what happens in this film. And I think the very first misstep, for whatever reason was the casting of Janet Jackson in it this is. role. It is. I mean, and and you had Jada, Jada Pinkett, Lisa Bonet, Monica Calhoun, all these actresses right. went out for this role, even though he knew he was giving it to Janet But Jackson. even if they had gotten the role, I just think that, you, you know, the, the writing is very, it's so funny if, if you if you've ever seen um, "Don't Be a Menace to South Central," yeah. the the Wayans the Wayans brothers spoof of these films. Periodically throughout the film, somebody will say, you know, something along like, you know, it's more black people killing each other than KKK, or mm-hmm. you know, forties are drugging the community, and just this very sort of 
abrupt didactic moment where there's this kind of moral being delivered and Keenan Ivory Rand Wayans will pop in as a mailman and say message yeah because it's so abrupt and I think John Singleton is very guilty of this where he, there are these moments where the film almost stops so he can deliver this message missive of you know morality and you know whether it's it's they couldn't find 40s outside of the hood or you know where the film completely stops so that Maya Angelou and her sister circle can talk about morality and what that means and all of this I think goes back to John Singleton Mm. so that you know it's 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 John Singleton and and these these again I think he's trying to do more than he's capable of see I don't see I didn't see. I definitely felt like the whole Maya Angelou thing was like John Singleton Spike Lee moment, you know, uh, in this film. Uh, but I didn't see it stopping for making making stops for like pronouncements of the message of this scene. Mm-hmm. At least they didn't read them to me. Like the whole scene about them not being able to find forties outside the outside of the city. I actually felt that you know while I thought they hit the line a couple more times than it had to be done. I think that it was still delivered for the most part within the dialogue without it being like some, a monologue. So it didn't, it it didn't hit, that didn't hit me on the head. Don't get me wrong. I don't think the script is that great. Mm -hmm. Um, The script is not that great at all, but the script is, is well enough if your actors have the charisma to pull it off mm-hmm. and in Regina King and in Tupac, you have actors that can pull it off. The problem is, is that while Regina King, her acting is strong enough so that there is some semblance of chemistry formed with Joe Torrey and some semblance of friendship with Janet Jackson. Cause you can see Regina King actually being a friend to Janet. Yeah, Jackson, yeah absolutely. You know, there is zero chemistry be- between Tupac's uh, character of Lucky and Janet Jackson's Justice. No. There is no chemistry at all. So much so that when the show makes the inevitable, you know, leap to when they start feeling each other, you blink and you'll miss it because you don't feel it coming. Right, right, You, know, you right. usually feel these things coming in right. a movie. You don't feel it coming because it just happens because it's, you know, they realize like, oh, you know, it's like halfway through the movie. I was about to say, I guess we got to get them together. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we got to make this happen. It, and that is just, um, that is really what I think at the, at the heart, what lets down this movie. Because like you say, it's four, it's four leads in this film. It's yeah. a road trip. Yeah. You know? Um, so if you care about them, you're invested in it. I mean, it's a, it's a road trip that doesn't make sense. I, I've never seen so many just random black events along the roads between Los Angeles and Oakland in my life. Well, that's kind of what I mean about, I mean, even that falls to me under the, like he might as well have had a sign at the family reunion and the black culture festival that said, look, black people do other stuff besides what you think we do. Uh, okay. I feel you. I you know, that. because I, I agree with you and it is just sort of, very non-organic mm-hmm. the way it's a and 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 you know again to the script if you didn't realize that lucky's cousin was going to be shot or dead by the time they got to oakland you've never seen anything in the history of anything <laughs> like he might as well have said that my cousin is two more days and then he's going to retire right so exactly and i do think the script is amazingly clunky but to your point about the charisma i think this movie has a surprisingly deep bench that you barely see and then when you see him it's like (gasps) justice works at a hair salon roger gouverneur smith is in oh my god i said oh my god it's roger gouverneur smith and he's in there um and he's in there and and in like like the 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 
E story of this movie. Yes. That something happened to him when he was on the phone. Right. And I think I think the implication because it's 1993 and yes. he's an effeminate gay man is that he's found out that, that he's, he's HIV, HIV positive. positive. Right. Uh, um they never actually say that. They don't say it at all. But again in 1993 the only bad news that an effeminate gay man would get on the telephone ever was that he was HIV positive. Exactly. Yet that plays out so well in this like i just i so wanted to stay there i wanted to say that uh one of my favorite underrated actresses um i'm i can't believe this is the first time she's come up saloon owner played by tyra farrell as jesse love her let me stop for a moment Uh uh-oh watch out now because you had your lynette i was about to say for the record Lynn has stopped this time. <laughs> yeah, your Lynette McKee moment on Sparkle. Speak on it, brother. Let me talk about Miss Farrell. All right, now. And her introduction into this movie. Mm. I have seen many introductions into many films, but there has never been an introduction to a movie quite like Miss Farrell exiting her car pulling down her cherry red dress over her apple bottom mm. and sashaying herself into that Tara Pharrell. Tara Pharrell. Mm. You know my theory? And it's so funny because the other person I have this theory about is in the film for like 30 seconds. Like, how you had Candy Alexander in a movie for 30 seconds? Grown black women didn't get to really have careers in the 90s and that is such a shame because because she's a grown effing woman yes she ain't is. nothing girlish or or you know like she's not an ingenue Mm-mm. she's not this is a grown woman all i do is dress and rest that's what she says and she, I mean, I just, just want to live in that hair salon. Yeah. You know, with, with her and, and and Roger and even Keith I'm Washington. About to say, and Keith Washington. Even Keith Washington. Like, is that Keith Washington? This is Keith Washington. Yeah. You know, I want to live in, I want to live in that hair salon. Other man. grown people, maybe my favorite scene in the whole film. Tupac's character Lucky lives with his mother, played by Jennifer Lewis. This may have been the movie that cemented Jennifer Lewis as the mother of the 90s. But it's a great scene. And it's just, it's right there. And it's perfect. Because in that scene, I mean, you're talking about Deep Bench. Jennifer Lewis, we've talked about Jennifer Lewis on the past show. she's, She's... amazing she's an amazing actress and she she kills it she owns that scene and and there's an instant instantly you feel like she that that's her son yes without her even being in 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 the room you feel like the little girl is her granddaughter just yes. in the way that she's she speaks and you talk about a, a deep bench tupac shakur is a one of uh, is a very fine actor. Yes, he is. You know who else is not a bad actor in this movie and is all uh, uh, and a better actor than he is a rapper? Tone Loke. Tone Loke. How about that? <laughs> I remember looking, and I don't, I don't even remember that part from seeing before. I was like, what an amazingly progressive relationship that these two men have with each other. Isn't that? Tell, tell, tell them about that relationship, Vince. So Tupac has a daughter with this woman. Tone Loke has a son with this woman. Mm-hmm. And the two of them have formed this friendship. Yes. They have this amazingly cordial conversation. Now, Tone Loke is a drug dealer. Yes. <laughs> Tupac is a mailman. They have this wonderful conversation, and there's this one this great exchange about smoking weed, and I can't smoke weed because they check my urine. Like it sounds like an actual conversation. And there's respect for what each of them do. And there's joking, which to me, I didn't think it was a funny joke, but apparently these two brothers had this relationship about whose child calls whom Who daddy. daddy? But you can tell there is genuine affection there. Mm-hmm. There is genuine respect. There is genuine shared um, experience because, you know, not for nothing, the mother is, of course, a horrible human being. Yes. So, you know, she's the most horrible human being ever. Oh, yes. How? And I actually wrote in my notes, how is Tone Loke 
one of the best actors in this movie. How is Tone Loke better than the lead? <laughs> and he's in the movie for what, two minutes? Maybe. Maybe. And kills it. He kills it in his movie. But it, but that that scene that does end with one of the most heartbreaking scenes ever. Because you find out that, you know, the mother of both their childs, while the children are in there playing video games, is in the other room. With another dude, which I didn't understand the logistics of that, because Tone Loke is selling drugs outside. So how did he get in? Well, if that's you, the stuff I think about. Well, if you notice, when Tupac walked up on Tone Loke, Tone was on another staircase. He was on another staircase. So it's possible. So maybe he came in while. Okay, go ahead. That's all I needed. There you go. So um, even though there was a part of me that was just like you. Like Tone Loke knew it was going on. And oh, and you thought maybe Tone Loke was trying to run interference. Oh no. Tone Loke was knew it was going on. But I ain't got nothing to say about it. If you ain't got nothing to say about it, but if you got something right. to say about it, no, all right, we, we, we both got something to say we about it. Both got something to say. And for the record, that dude swung on Tupac first. Yeah. He, so, he swung know. he swung first. Um and then Tone Loke and Tupac commenced to to wailing on our brother. Yes. Tupac goes to get get his daughter Keisha. Yes, he said, "Come on, let's get up out of here." Snatches up his girl, his his daughter T- Keisha, right in front of the boy who is Tone Loke's son, and Tone Lo- and the little boy says, "Yeah, uh, can I go?" Yeah, it was so heartbreaking. Cause, it was because he th- that boy they're both around the same age. Yeah, that's the other scary part. I mean. <laughs> um, it's like he he doesn't want to be in this world. He knows what's going on. I thought on. that scene was so over the top, though. Okay, it was a little over the top. Like, I, I thought it was that, some, just that little. No, scene. no, no. I get it, but it really was like you know by movie two, this whole world had become a caricature of itself. Okay, I feel you, you now. So I feel you. I feel you. But again, again, there was more energy, more more living, more interesting personalities. Yeah. In that little five minute vignette, yeah. than in any scene with Janet Jackson. Yes. And to be honest, with all due respect to Janet Jackson, her whole story. Yes. You know, because the story about losing her grandmother and losing. And, and then her mother, mother committed and committed suicide and they named her Justice because she was in law school. I was like, time. this. I didn't care. This is ridiculous. I did, I, I did not care. And you talk about the, the, the scene where she's looking in the mirror and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. I thought when she was looking in the mirror, I thought she was basically saying like, what am I doing here? Cause she, <laughs> you mean Janet Jackson yeah. herself. Okay. Cause I, I felt nothing. I actually right. felt nothing. And it was a shame. She is a beautiful woman. The scene at the end where you're talking about where it locks in on her smile. Yeah. It's great. It's, it's, she's, she's a pretty woman. Yes. But she's not this character. She's not this character at all. Not at all. I mean, I, I can't help it. You know, you talk about all these other great actors in this movie that are tr- are that that are trying to find their way mm-hmm. through here. Yet, because she is a star, she has to carry the bulk of this film, and she ultimately is the reason why this movie is a fail. Right. You almost have to act around her to get your exactly. Yeah. And and the the movie, as far as in a career. Fails and succeeds in a way because the song again actually was nominated for best original song sure. for Oscar. I don't think it won. I don't think it did. Unfortunately, Janet Jackson was nominated also, and then, and, and and I don't believe she won either though for the worst actress. I was to say for a Razzie for a Razzie, yeah. Of the so um uh oh, but she but she did win the Razzie for worst new star. Yes. So she didn't win for uh, actress, but she she won for worst new star. Well, you know, I remember when the film was being made, there was all this publicity about Janet Jackson and she was going to surprise people. And then there was all of this, you know, about her cursing and and it just it's just a bad fit. Yeah, it really is. It's a bad fit. And then again, I think it is fair to say. That Janet Jackson is not really a good actress i mean you know she was she was all right as penny have forever much you know she worked you know she did what she was supposed to do as penny you know charlene i think i think if you accumulate all the time that charlene was on screen 
in different strokes, like yeah. all, like maybe an hour a total, total of maybe like the two seasons where she'd on come there. on and just sort of stand there and you know have her popped up collar and, and that's right, she did. Hey man, hey, hey, hey. I like Charlene a lot because <laughs> she had a little mushroom. Yeah, she she had a little mushroom in a popped up collar. You're a man of a certain age yourself. Hey, hey, you, I was, I was, I was just talking to somebody. But like you can actually trace. Like I start with Maria on Sesame Street. Oh wow, that's where you start. Okay, then you move to like Nichelle Nichols on Star Trek reruns mm. and Thelma mm. on Good Times reruns. Yes, Thelma, you pop to Charlene and Kim Fields. You go to Lisa Bonet and Jasmine Guy, but then you have a little you you have a little pin that you put like like a little posted in your head where you say I want to marry Claire Huxtable. Really? Like right now, we actually talked about this with uh with with Omar. Okay. We talked about this with yeah, Omar. That's true. Right, right. So like as you you know, you're like 15, 16, it's all about Lisa Bonet. And and Jasmine Guy, but out the side of your eye, you're like, yeah, but I want to marry Claire Huxtable when I'm a grown up. See, that's very interesting. I can appreciate Lisa Bonet. I do. I really, I really do appreciate Lisa Bonet. I think she's a a beautiful woman. But when I watched Different World, it, Lisa Bonet was not the person that, that, oh, that did it for me. Oh, it, it wasn't Jasmine Guy. Far was from Jasmine Guy. <sighs> Jasmine Guy. Mm. Jasmine Guy, again, mm. gorgeous woman, doesn't do it for me. You know who does it for me? I'll tell you who does you it. You like Kim? I like Dawn Lewis. Dawn Lewis? I never liked Dawn Lewis because like she's Dawn. a bad actor. Okay, she's not a great actress, but, but I, I like Dawn Lewis. So that was off-putting to me. <laughs> like, why is this bad actress stinking up different world? <laughs> She's stupid. She's not that bad. Um, and I liked... Um, Charnel Brown. Mm-hmm. You Kim. like Kim? You you like you Kim. were in the Kim camp. I was in the Kim. I can tell that. Thing. I can see that. I was in the Kim camp. Mm. I I'm love gonna tell Kim. you what. 1991. You couldn't tell me nothing about Miss Jasmine Guy. See, I like Jasmine, but Whew, Lord have mercy. Yeah, but but Kim was just like I don't know something. Like, I like, I like, no, Kim was fine. I like Kim, and then, it's a lot of it was a lot of fun on different worlds because because we sleep we 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 not even mentioning the person who probably has. Aids the best. Who, Cree Summer? Oh my lord. Well, see, she they had her in a potato sack for I like know. the first year. I know. Like it was like the third year where it was like, oh, all right, Cree Summer. Yeah, Cree Summer was Cree Summer was all right. Plus, Miss Jasmine Guy was on there the entire time, which you know. Again, I Jasmine don't Hey man. Jasmine don't Jasmine. Never, all right. Jasmine never. Jasmine Guy is on the quad now. So it's like a Nika Noni Rose and Jasmine Guy is her oh conciliary. And Jasmine Guy, I mean, you know, she's Jasmine Guy and she's gotten a little older, as we all have. Yes, we have. So she doesn't look like Jasmine Guy in 1991, but she's still Jasmine Guy. She is. So it's like Jasmine Guy and a Nika Noni Rose. Boy, I. Do you watch this film? Do you watch that show with your wife? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm, you watch it twice. <laughs> watch it at work. <laughs> Yeah, so yeah, Nika Noni Rose and Jasmine Guy, you signed me up for that. Professor Williams, can I come in? I'm graded. <laughs> that is terrible, <laughs> and I will not take that affront to my professionalism. <laughs> um, I did want to say this, talking about these actresses. If have you, if you've, ever, if you've never read the oral history of White Men Can't Jump, oh, the movie, okay. Tyra Farrell has a great part where she talks about basically getting the actors straight about clowning each other and doing the dozens and this and and you know again I do think she's one of those actresses that never got her due. Yeah. For a variety of reasons. It is, and, and it's such a shame man because she's just um you could tell there's just so much well well sewn chops within her. Everything. Well, again, I mentioned it. she's in this for thirty seconds. I mean, Candy Alexander was was damn near forty yeah. before she broke out on okay. news radio a little bit. Yeah, but she had been acting for years, mm-hmm. and so you know, and 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 to bring it back to poetic justice, it is a shame, and we we've talked about this a lot. The dearth of good roles for black actresses, 
and a role like this, you basically give it it's 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 stunt it's stunt casting. Like let's just call it what it is it's stunt casting. Like you got Janet in there to basically say, let's see if we can pull this off. Right. And you know, and it doesn't. Unfortunately. And it is it is especially harsh when you look at what Tupac does with this. And Tupac is Tupac is a mate. Like you're talking about someone that the camera just adores. It does. Tupac is amazing with the script that by my count is not that good of a script. Not at all. But the work he does with it. It's almost unintentional where they 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 sort of show you how bad Janet Jackson is. Like the whole film is supposedly her character is in mourning over her boyfriend's death. As we mentioned, Lucky's cousin gets murdered. Tupac has one scene in in the studio because his cousin was a producer. And it's 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 like I think I actually wrote the words quantum leap. Mm. His acting in that one scene where he's mourning his cousin is like from a different movie. Yeah. It's like a whole different thing. Yeah. And he's just that good. And it it's it's one of the great tragedies that he died before, you know, I think he could have really coming to himself really because in this film you see his dramatic chops you also see what i think he never got the chance to show a little bit of his comedic chops. he's a funny dude you know he can deliver a funny line mm-hmm. you know what i mean he's got got great timing he's got great timing um and you could see him you could see where if put the, put with a stronger actress there might be some chemistry absolutely you know what i mean because uh because he's trying, yeah, he's trying yeah, in, yeah. in every one of in every one of his scenes. Um, and I never saw Gridlock, but I don't believe he ever got the chance to really be a romantic lead. No, he didn't with an actress. Not at who, all. You know, not not at all. Yeah, not at all. And it, and it really is really is a shame because um, it's it's it, like he's it is a tragedy. This is this is why it's such a tragedy. Watching movies, watching something like this and Juice and 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 Gridlocked, um, is just points out how much of a tragedy it is for his life to have been cut down uh, the way that it was. And, and you know, let's be transparent. For him to give in to the excesses of his sure. career, sure, the absolutely, way that he does that put him, you know, before the, you know, made him the target. Absolutely, you know, and it's like I've always been sort of morbidly curious because I do. I think Baby Boy is a ridiculous film from the moment it comes on to the moment it goes off. I think it's a ridiculous film, and what I've always heard is that he was supposed to be the lead. And then he died, and that's when Tyrese came in. And I always sort of wonder, could could Tupac have made this ridiculous film less ridiculous? Just by by the magnetism of it. Well, you know, part of what, in my mind, makes it ridiculous, I think Tyrese is, is not a good actor at all. No, I don't think he's that great an actor. But, you know, I also think the storyline of Baby Boy is is almost farce. Right. So I'm wondering if Tupac was in it, how could that, how would that have have changed the dynamic of it? Interesting. Like the love story between Tupac and Ving Rhames. I wonder what that would have been as opposed to the love story between Ving Rhames and Tyrese. Y'all can't see me, but I'm pantomiming Ving Rhames licking Tyrese's head. Tastes just like chocolate. <laughs> um, you made a, a very controversial statement, or at least to some people. <laughs> last week i'm sure i did <laughs> that you feel that tupac was a better actor than yes he was as a rapper i did say that uh why why so i think tupac was very emotive when he rapped but i've always found his flow clunky i think the 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 sort of things that tupac talked about the the the, the subject matter uh cool G rap did better 10 years before Tupac mm-hmm. and Ice Cube and Snoop did better. The West Coast versions at that same time. I think Tupac was a good package for that sort of outlaw rapper dude. Okay. As opposed to his lyricism itself. And I think part of what made him such an attractive package, both literally and figuratively, 
work better as an actor as opposed to him as an MC. I agree. I think that he was as a like you say, it's interesting you use that word package because I think that, you know, if if South Central Hollywood could put together the actor slash rapper, it would be Tupac. Right. You know, you know, a dark skinned guy, you know, rocking a ball head, mm-hmm. tatted up, you know, thoughtful, th- but thoughtful. Right. You know, it could be that, you know, that intelligent thug, if you want. Yes. Uh, could ride the line, you know, with, you know, talking about, you know, the talking about the, the bitches and then this one is for my mama, you know, um, and pull that off, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, so I think, but I think that package is, is better suited and better shown uh, and put to better use in in front of the camera. I think that's the reason why as his music, like you say, I I didn't necessarily find his his flow clunky. I found his his flow just basic. Right. I didn't find, I didn't find there was no dexterity I thought to his lyricism right. or to his flows or anything like that. But it got over because, you know, you got to remember when he came up, that's at the height of the uh music videos time. Absolutely. So it was his face, his package, yeah. his emoting that sold those songs. Yes. And, and that's the reason why they got over. And you like cannot take your eyes off of him. Yeah. Like you can't. When he is on the screen, You, it doesn't matter what else is happening. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, back to poetic justice, A, she's a bad actress. B, she's not believable as this character. C, you can't put her on the screen next to one of the most charismatic images in front of a camera and have her try and hold her own because she can't. Yeah. So that, you know, and, and, you know, I talked about the Jennifer Lewis, but you think about the scenes that were just Tupac and another actor and which ones succeeded and which ones failed. Yeah. And, you know, as we, you know, we talked about, I I think I I love the Jennifer Lewis scene. And, you know, like you said, I think in one scene, you knew everything about their relationship, the woman who made this young man, a man who has a job, a man who is in his daughter's life, Mm -hmm. a man who curses, a man who can watch another man beat up a woman and say that's their business until he tries to hit his girl. You know, all of those contradictions. Mm hmm. Jennifer Lewis embodies the type of woman that would have this son. Yeah. Immediately. Right. Um, the scene with him and with him and Tone Loke, mm-hmm. where they're like, it would not, I don't know this for a fact, but it would not surprise me at all if Tupac and Tone Loke actually had a relationship yeah, where they friends. knew they were friends. And I mean, I obviously they ran in the same circles because there is an ease there. Yeah. Where, you know, again, you can't take your eyes off of Tupac. But there is space mm-hmm. for this other actor in this scene. Yeah. And Janet Jackson just is not capable of doing that. Yeah. You know, the scenes with Joe Torrey where, where you, you know, almost unintentionally you see from the very beginning that Joe Torrey's character, Chicago, is insanely jealous right. of Lucky. But that kind of works with them together because, again, Tupac just shines so much brighter mm-hmm. than Joe Torrey. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, frankly, that's a failing of Joe Torrey's acting. True. But, you know. True. But Joe Torrey, you know, doesn't sell himself as an actor. Joe so. Torrey has never sold. What happened to Joe Torrey? Uh, like, he was, like, around, and then he wasn't around anymore. I think his brother took his shine. Well, where is he? Uh, what happened to the Tories? I mean, I don't really miss him. I was just curious because we're talking. You remember it was, like, a moment where, I like, it, the Tories were everywhere? They were. And then they weren't. Well, I, I think having seen both of their stand-ups, I don't think neither of them were that great. No, not at comedians. all. So I think they're, they're probably still out there on the circuit doing their thing. I mean, just because they weren't that great. I mean, you know, like, you be this, you know, I mean, Steve Harvey has an empire. <laughs> so, yeah, well, so, you know, some I'm people, some people know how to... Make it happen. I'm just saying. You know. What can I tell you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I, I, we were talking. They came up. I was curious. It hit me that I had not seen Joe Torrey in a number of years. And I am someone who pays attention to these kind of things. Yeah, well. So I just, where's, where's Joe Torrey? Like, why isn't Joe Torrey in um, 
in Tyler Perry movies. It seems like he would be in a Tyler Perry movie. <laughs> he's, he's not good enough for a Or like the gospel plays that come to town. I bet he's I bet he's probably in a few. I movies. have never I heard on the road. I make a I, practice of seeing who is the cast because I love them. I love the cast in these in these plays. I bet him and Christopher Williams are starring in a gospel play right now. Well Christopher Williams is someplace in like uh someplace in, in Chicago. Someplace, well, maybe outside of Chicago. Outside of Chicago. That's, that's a big market, Chicago. In high school outside of Chicago. Right. Maybe Sioux City. Christopher Williams is dreaming. In Sioux City, Iowa. <laughs> like Sioux City. <laughs> you talking about Chicago. Slow down. This, this ain't Leon we talking about. <laughs> you, boy, they wish they was in a play in Chicago. <laughs> Like, maybe that's how come I haven't heard him because we live in Philadelphia. And if you get to the Philadelphia stage play, like, you've made it a little bit. No, they're in Philadelphia, Mississippi. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I always say about these states, like, you know the cities that you heard of? There's another one. There's a different <laughs> city. <laughs> so, anyway, would you recommend uh, people to watch Poetic Justice? I mean, not really. <laughs> you know, not really. I mean, it's. Oh my God. You know, it's. I mean, I guess I would just because it's one of the few Tupac. moments we have with Tupac. Yeah. But it's, 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 it's a very forgettable movie. Like, at best, it is forgettable. I, but many parts of this film are actually clunky. Yeah. And sort of, like I said, it's it's amazing. Like, I always forget that this is his second movie. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing that it is almost a South Central cliche. Like, the whole film is just a South Central cliche. Yeah. And it's only his second movie. Yeah. See, I don't, as much as um, as little of Tupac is out there on the, on the movie screens for people to see in films, um, I wouldn't recommend this film. Um, and it's a shame because you do see other shades of Tupac in there. Yes. However, I do, and maybe it's my 2017 sensitivity coming to me. Um, I do think that the the language in this film is so harsh mm-hmm. in its in, with the B words and 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 they're talking about women. Right. Um, the misogyny of this film and is, it's unnecessary. It's, it's so it's so it's just. Too rampant. Right. I understand you. You want to put it in there to, to give an a, to add some color to the character. Right. But I mean, it, my God, it does. It, it's just too too over the top. And because of that, in the in this days and times, when there's enough of that, you know, craziness out there for you for free. Right on, on Twitter and on Facebook and on social media, I don't think any you need to subject yourself to watching watching this film and being hit over the head with it. I will say this: I I agree with you, but part of the reason I agree with you is that there is no counter to it. Like I think a lot of these films, we have that type of language, we have that type, but the 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 women are humanized so that it is not as sort of egregious and unnecessary where it's just ho ho um you know i think there's a lot of this language uh, again in something like men's to society whatever it is but but you know and then let's be clear when i say the women are humanized i don't mean that they are presented as saints Mm -hmm. and good women but they're actually like i think the the few women in something like men's to society and they're not a lot of women and they're not in it a whole lot they don't get a whole lot of screen time right but it's sort of like we talked about in the one scene with jennifer lewis these young women are human and and you know even in something like um or ironic ironically enough you think about regina king's one or two scenes in boys in the hood Mm -hmm. you don't get it in this yeah so that to me that's why it 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 hit me so much okay so but you know, there you go. There you go. All right, ladies and gentlemen, um, the month of love continues next week. Yes, and you, I haven't told you this, but I th- we're going. Let's do the love of Ivy. The love of Ivy for the love of Ivy. Wow, that's not the movie you originally. Started. I know. Okay. I've, I've when we can talk about it next week, but but I was thinking about it, mm-hmm. 
And in full disclosure, I realized I don't know if I've ever seen For the Love of Ivy. I know that I have never heard of The Love of Ivy. Sidney Poitier and Abby Lincoln. Wow, it's interesting because someone just asked me today, you know, how many Sidney Poitier movies we had done. And I realized that we've only really just done one, just the one. Uptown Saturday Night, which was our first episode. We, you know, it's, 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 I have to say, at least on my end, I've been keeping my Sidney Poitier in reserve. Yeah, yeah. Like, I actually would love to do, a, you know, because I, you know, I got, you, you know, I love Sidney Poitier, mm-hmm. his films and him as a cultural figure. Mm-hmm. So I'm sort of circling. I am. I don't know what your Sydney Portier plan is, but I'm sort of circling around some Sydney Portier films. You know, frankly, part of the reason I'm a teacher is because of To Serve With Love, if if we won't be honest. Well, we'll talk about that next like, week. That's like that's like like Sydney Portier means a lot to me. All right. Well, we'll get yes. into that next week so. when we review For the Love of Ivy, mm-hmm. starring Sydney Portier and Abby Lincoln. And Abby Lincoln. Yeah. Um, feel free to hit us up, ladies and gentlemen. Hit us up on the Michelle Mission at gmail.com. Uh, find us on Twitter and Facebook at Michelle Mission. You can also find us uh, on the Black Tribbles Podcast Network. For now, uh oh, because we've got a big, huge announcement coming your way next week. Well, I cannot wait. Um, to make this announcement next week, it's going to be so. Make sure you stay tuned, and get involved with the Michelle Mission. Find us on Instagram as well. All right, and streaming or broadcasting as a radio show every Wednesday at eight p.m. on WPPM LP one hundred six point five FM People Power Media Philly Cam Radio in Philadelphia and Camden. All right, we got to get out of here. For Vince, I'm Len, and parting we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. time to bid adieu. It's been a pleasure knowing you. I'll see you when it's time to meet again.